If you're listening via Spotify, I invite you to follow Sir Kevin Says. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you can show your support by subscribing and rating the show five stars. Alternatively, you can watch the video version of this and every other episode on my YouTube channel, Kevin Michael Chong, or visit my website, www.sirkevinchong.com and view or listen to them that way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 42 of Sir Kevin Says, Friends Edition. Today we got the homie on here, Danny Herrera. Or Herrera, if you are (laughs) of the uh, English-speaking language. Um, Danny is a good friend of mine. We've known each other for over, what, 10 years? Man, 2007, I want to say. 2007. That's when I met you. 2007. Oh my gosh. When did that video go up with Carlos? We did a a drum video. That was… yeah, that was like I would say late two thousand seven. Yeah, because I remember that was the year I graduated high school. So <sighs> you know, still in my mind. Yeah, and that year I remember Carlos hit me up. I was like, "Hey, I want to do some like a drum shed. Um, I want to make it all Latino." I was yeah. Like, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. I'm thinking like, who's he gonna invite? And when I shove him, I don't know anyone. But you know, all right, cool. And I remember you. So, yeah, you're getting down with the cowbell. I'm like, oh my bad. I got too excited. <laughs> Um, it was like I'm like, damn, this he's just dope. And I forgot the other guys, man. But um Yeah, he, I can't remember the other guys yeah. either. I just I, is the video still up on YouTube? It's somewhere on YouTube. I I, I know that much. It's I don't think it's not because oh, I was trying to like Oh, they they removed I, it or Carlos. I think Carlos brought it down. <laughs> Carlos, put it up again. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh yeah, we have Danny on the show today. I um I want to read this because I told Danny to give me a a, a bio and it's pretty dope. So Danny R. What does the R stand for? So my middle name is Roberto. Roberto. Yeah. Robert. Danny Robert Herrera. Okay. Uh, born in Los Angeles and raised in San Fernando Valley, California. Danny felt the call in his life at a very early age. You're talking about being involved in ministry, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes. He grew up at the house of best friend or La Iglesia. Casa del Mejor Amigo. Casa yeah. del Mejor Amigo, yeah. And began his musical career playing drums in a traditional church. Danny has performed on television programs such as Univision, Telemundo, NBC, and with other bands and artists such as Eric Porta, Marcos Witt, Lucia Parker, Ingrid Rosario, right? Samuel Hernandez, Luis Enrique Espinosa, Joshua Chavez, Roberto Orellana, Reza yeah. Saleh, Elfa's Friends, Indonesia, yeah. New Ritual, among others. Danny is also on tour with Latin gospel artist Eric Porta, which also includes recording his latest album, Lenguaje del Cielo, live at Monumento de Revolución in Mexico City, Mexico, where yeah. 28,000 attendants showed up. Is that the biggest you've played in front of? Yeah, man. That's incredible, dude. Can That's- I tell you a quick story about that? Sure. Go ahead. Once we're ready to record yeah. um, the first song, uh, as I'm hearing the, you know, on our in-ears, we get the, the tri- um, I meant to say click. The guide? Guide, yeah. yeah. So as I'm getting the guide, something triggered my mind. And as I'm looking out to the public, I'm like, dude, I'm having a deja vu moment. Because I've dreamed about this. Mm. And it was like that dream, if, if I would say, I think it was around in my early teen years. You know, like you mentioned my church. It was Casa del Mejor, del Mejor Amigo. You know, I grew up in a church where like 
like max was 150. Wow. And so, um, you know, we're not talking about a big church. I yeah. didn't come out of a big church. It was really small. Like I love the people there. Yeah. Till today, you know, some of them I still stay in contact. So I remember like we would have sometimes these special guest preachers. And one of them I'll never forget. Like he said that, you know, God's going to be taking you to different places. And, you know, just prepare yourself. And so years later on until that recording. Yeah. I remember just looking around like, oh, snap. Like, I don't know if it's… Ha- I'm sure it's happened to you and yeah. it's happened to a lot of us that… Where you have these dreams that like exact same details you see around. That's what you thought you had in that dream years ago. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is really going on. Like, I, I was crying there. Wow, I was crying there. Man. And I'm like, you know what? Thank thank the Lord because… um, I mean, I wouldn't be here if it was Him, first of all. And I was just grateful. That's like, amazing. And dude. from there, I just went on forward, and then I had a cramp in the, in the first song. <laughs> you, you had a cramp. I got too excited. I'm like <laughs> freaking pounding the kick so hard because I'm excited. I'm like, and then like, oh, and I'm like, this it won't come on the video, but like, I'm like, all right, let's get back. <laughs> so, dude, had, was your church Pentecostal? Yeah, yeah. So is. my church was the same too. Uh, growing up, and I remember, man, I was. I was always so afraid to go to the altar because everybody does altar call, right? Yeah. And they'd come and they'd pray for you. Sometimes the prophets would announce, you know, like, or not announce, but basically speak over your life, mm-hmm. what you're going through in the mic. Mm-hmm. And then other people mm-hmm. would be more respectful and talk personally to you. I respected that more yeah. than actually everybody knowing what the heck I'm doing in my life, right? Yeah. So I was always afraid. I was like, oh, I don't want to go up there because this guy's going to tell me that I need to do this and I need to be more involved in ministry, yeah. you know, whatever. So prophecy it was always a scary thing for me, man. But then when people actually would speak into your life in a positive way and mm-hmm. it coincides with the Word of God, mm-hmm. it's amazing when it comes to pass, you yeah. know, and you see that God's goodness, God's favor, God's grace truly is upon your life, yeah. you know. So those are the amazing moments, yeah. you know. When not on the road, you can find Danny drumming every Sunday at his church, RTLA. Mm-hmm. Danny has a passion to help young musicians that are developing their skill by mentoring and supporting their frequent drum accessories, drum heads and all that. So, yeah, you provide, yeah. so, so how sorry. does that work? What do you do? That little detail that I that I share with you, it's, yeah. it's, it was mostly me on the road. Okay. Because um, I think it was three, three years ago. I lost count because you know how pandemic has lost, <laughs> made us lose track. But… <laughs> Uh, I think three years ago yeah. on the road when with Eric, uh, we we hit a we did a Guatemala tour. Okay, and so in one of the cities, I don't know if you ever heard of Almolonga. Okay. So this town is, from what I've heard, is ninety five percent of the citizens there are Christians. Wow! So um, they have witnessed a miracle of seeing their vegetations, like you know, they crop carrots. Um, Cabbages, uh, to be exactly detailed, right? Yeah. Um, but the carrots is what stand out most to me because, you know, when we go to the grocery stores, our carrots look like you know, <laughs> either baby carrots or like small carrots. Dude, there's their carrots. When I saw it in person, it almost looked like a man, I, like a brick of sticks. Like when wow. we receive brick of sticks from the, uh, yeah, either companies, yeah. that's, that's massive, what it looked dude. like to me. I'm like. What the heck? Are they using chemicals? Like, no. And then from what I was told that one of the pastors that we ended up playing at his church, he told me that, no, no, no. Like, this is all a miracle because we all decided to to give our offerings and, and tithes to the Lord. We all accepted Jesus Christ and we, and we prayed for a miracle because this town was dying. 
So after that, like I read a bio of that as well at the location that it said that it used to just transport like two, three trucks a day. Now it's like almost, if I'm not mistaken, it was around 500 to 800 trucks of mm, vegetation going out. That's and that's a, how they're man. making their income. So yeah, dude, like um, that's a little bio of that story. But I remember that one specific location. Um, I've always had, and it was a blessing. I've always had like these young uh, dudes that would come up and say, hey, can I help you? I was like, yeah, sure. Like come and help me out. And uh, they'll bring help me bring, loading my stuff. You know, I always I only travel with cymbals and snare, not sure. like a drum set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, they would help me out at the end. Like they'll help me to pack up. So, I'd never ever seen him as like a drum tech. Like I've, that's the wrong concept, you know. Yeah. I always seen him as like like someone that wants to serve. You know? Yeah. They're they're trying their way to please God. Number mm. one. So if that's their way to serve, like, you know, let's do it. But the point of that is that um, I'll never forget this one dude that really hit my heart. Because as we're setting up that day, we had an earthquake. So an earthquake, like, it said, oh, um, one of the guys after the earthquake, he's like, oh, it's a 4.5. Like, that's not a 4.5. This felt like a 7 point something. I'm like, so it is true. Like, our earthquakes here, like, we have in LA, it's like, like, yeah, we like, oh, earthquake. But theirs is like, what's going yeah, on over yeah, here? Yeah. And yeah. And then after that, like, I'll never forget, like, him and I, we like got so long, like, yeah, because in LA, this happens and our earthquakes and people are like, oh, earthquake, earthquake. Right, right. And here is like, you guys were like, fine, we're fine. I'm, like, I'm not, I don't feel fine. What's going on? <laughs> so we connected so well that day. And at the end, not to make it like a long story, I remember that I had a spare uh, head on in my in my snare bag, and so I always carry them with me because it's not my intention that maybe it'll pop on the road, but my intention is to give those away. Oh wow! So that's why. Dude, that's amazing. That's, that's so cool. Th- that's my that's my um, my goal every single time. Um, and so I gave him. Uh, I told him, "Hey man, thank you so much. I want to give this to you as uh, you know. I want to." I'm grateful for your for your help. You helped me out. Your friendship. I I really appreciate it. Well, let's follow each other in social media. Here, I'm gonna give you these. Um, I'm gonna give you this uh, snare head, and I'm gonna give you two pairs of sticks. You know, as a thank you, dude. I had him crying and bawling in front of me, and he was like, "I've been praying and praying and praying for wow. this because in our town, it's hard to find these. Yeah, things. come around that. Yeah, and to be specific, when you give. Um, in Latin America, if you give a drummer a Remo drumhead, it's like saying, I'm giving the top-notch yeah. expensive equipment that they can't get over there. For us, it's like, uh, Remo, Evans, Exactly. It's, like, it's standard over here. Yeah. yeah. It's like yeah. Evans, Evans is, is, is very common out there, but Remo to them is expensive. Mm. So I gave him a Remo. And then he's like, dude, like, like in Spanish, right? Man, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. He was crying. Gives me a big hug. And at the end, I'm like, man, this is what God is really calling me for. That's powerful. It's not just me like, you know, oh, hey, I'm here like traveling. It's like, yeah. there's a purpose why God sent me in this location. Yeah. And there's always purposes for every every action in, in our lives. Exactly. So yeah. it connects to what I just told you yeah. like about that dream I had in the live recording. Yeah. So yeah, man. And then ever, ever since that day… I've always been doing that, mostly in Latin America. Because um, here in the U.S., you know, we have easy access to go to Guitar Center or any other local exactly. music stores. 
But out there, like, they don't really have much of that. And so that's always been my goal as like to help those that are helping me, you know? Mm. So that's… That's amazing, dude. That's so cool. Let me ask you this because I've always found it interesting, man. I haven't visited Latin America as much as you have. Yeah. But compared to American faith, right? Where, for example, people that are going through some type of disease or sickness here in the States, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to get help as far as healthcare and try to fix a problem through medication, you know, through uh, supplements, through vitamins, whatever. If, you know, someone's facing cancer of some sort or some type of, you know, uh, disease, where in other countries, you can't just go to the doctor. You can't just visit the pharmacy or the clinic and be like, this is what I have. How can you help me? It's like they resort to their faith and nothing else. Mm -hmm. Do you see miracles happen more in person out there in the countries that you visited more than you have here in the States? Or do you think it's comparable in any way? Man, that's a good question. What I've really seen is that faith, and I'm not saying us here in America is like, we're like too liberal. I don't want to say that either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what I'm trying to say is that in Latin America, faith is practiced a lot more than here. And I'm not saying we don't practice it. We all like have our levels of having faith. But out there is like, they're living the real life scenarios. They're sometimes living with uh, wars that we probably don't even hear of. Like um, we we hear about them like deal with um, diseases, sickness that can be like, you know, death threatening. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Here, like we're we're blessed to say that some of us have health insurance. Right. So we tend to rely so much on man here that we're just like too comfortable. It's a blessing. I'm not going to I'm not going to say like, right. you know, we're like it's bad. It's a blessing that we have all these things that are provided for us in the United States. But out there, you know, it's it's tough where like faith, I want to say is a practiced a lot more out yeah. there than here that, you know, it should be the same way here. Even though like we're comfortable in, in our own little um bubble here. Right. I want to say bubble because a lot of us don't realize what's really going on out there. We're just probably getting the little details on the news. Yeah. But you know, it's it's living it out there and seeing it in real life. Man, you get to see God's greatness in in, in these type of um experiences. Like, but um I wanna say it's just it all it has it has to do with what's your your surroundings are like. Yeah. We have alternatives here. We have options. Yeah. You know, like I'm saying, like we were talking about health insurance and, you know, we have our doctors or, yeah. you know, people that we go to for help whenever we feel sick or something's wrong with our body. Yeah. But most people in third world countries don't have that option. So it's like, okay, either God's going to heal me or he's not. It's not that God heals everybody. I understand right. that it's got sovereignty in that way. But it's just a question I had because you've been visiting, yeah. you know, all these different countries and have you know, played at these amazing yeah. places. At the end, I want to add to that. Yeah. Is what my pastor just said yesterday at church. That um, we don't leave this earth until God says yes or no. Mm. It's He's the one that says, um, you know, when your mission is accomplished, you're 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 done. Yeah. And so God God is the one that allows life into us. Yeah. So if it's like if it's your time to 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 move on to eternal life. He's going to call you over. Yeah. But it all has to do with an like once your mission is done here, like, you know, doing your part in spreading the gospel, doing your part of 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 um being a, an influence that can be um 
you know, part of it can be a mission as as to bring in the gospel to other souls. Yeah. I mean, God knows when is going to be our last day. Yeah. Like, dude, like for me, I I I faced I faced death one time um where I meant to say I'm almost, I'm almost died, I meant to say. Yeah. Where like I thought, okay, I'm done. Like I was in in a car accident. The car spin in the middle in the middle of the freeway. The last thing I remember I had an 18-wheeler behind this. And I was in the middle of the van. So I wasn't driving. I'm like in no oh seat. I'm like my covering gosh. myself. I'm like, man, I'm gonna die right here. As soon as we're done spinning, I kind of look up and then we're facing traffic. I'm like, oh snap, here comes the 18-wheeler. I'm done. And I just heard him breaking so hard and hard and hard until he got off. And then he's like, You guys are front, you guys all right? He's like, Yeah. So at the end, right there, I learned something. I'm like, man, if God, if God mm. is looking out for us, but he also is gonna let it like he for sure, he's gonna. He's 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 the like I said he's the one that allows yeah. for each everyone in this world to say or to to for he's the last final final fi- say final say I want to say yeah. thank you to you know when is your time and when yeah. it's not so however long or short that might be yeah yeah well yeah. a little bit about yourself man like right. you growing up in church and you've been serving in ministry for so long when did that start for you at what age how did you know you wanted to be a drummer and do this at a professional level. I was um I was really young, man. I was like two, three years old, but with no intention or thoughts about doing that as a as a professional level. It was more like I love it. Yeah. I just want to like play drums. Mm-hmm. I just want to express what what's in my mind and like and I won yeah like around two, three years old was when I started playing drums at um at church. But after service, I wasn't playing during the service <laughs> because if you don't know this, um, obviously I think I never uh, mentioned this to you, but when I was a really young boy, like I was shy, wow, really, really shy, introverted. Yes, yeah, okay. yeah. It got to the it was it was at the point where if um, let's say every okay so. I'm sure you grew up in in your Pentecostal church. There's food after, right? Oh yeah. Uh, what do they call it? A talento. talento. So, <laughs> so uh, while everyone's having the talento, I was inside church while my mom is pissed off. Like, hurry up and get over here and eat. But I was still in there. Like, I want to play drums. I want to play drums. And so I just love the feeling. I just love like the sound of it. Yeah. And so, um, <laughs> while they're eating, dude, I'm just like jamming out and. When every someone tried to come in and hear me, I'll just stop, freeze, and I'll just get off the drum set because I was really shy. So one of the sisters that was like good friends of my mom, she noticed that and she bought me a drum set. And I was like, I think I want to say six, seven years old. Man, that's so cool. And so it was like a it was a it was like a toy drum set, but it was still like a uh kind of like a setup if you have two toms mounting in the floor tom and a snare and one crash, you know, a <laughs> little splash on it. Wait, so, what was your first kit? What brand was it? Man, so Groove Percussion? No, it was um no, my first first drum set ever was a Pacific drum set. Oh, that's pretty good. That I still have at the studio. Man, yeah. Yeah. But because I got it in my when I was 21. I didn't oh. have my drum my actual drum set until I was 21. Okay, got it. Because I kept using my churches. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So back to that. Um, they gave me a drum set. So now you have me playing drums at my house. But every time the neighbors would hear that, they'll come in and peek in the window. And I had this feeling, we all probably have that feeling like someone's looking at me. <laughs> so I turned around. And I'm like, oh. So I would just hide and I don't want them to see me playing. And 
what really motivated me to get out of that um that uh how would I call it a uh I want to say a bad habit of like being shy around like playing around um other people was when I kept listening to Marcos Wheat, Fred Hammond, um uh, was oh my mom introducing me uh to Mahalia Jackson. Mm. She was a old school um gospel artist. So she introduced me to her. And so every time I listened to that um I was the person that was listening to the production. So I was paying attention to the crowd. Yeah. I was paying attention to how they recorded the drums at that time. Now I'm, my ears are always open on the musicians, vocals, if there's a choir. Yeah. Um but at that time I was just paying attention to drums, but I would always pay attention as well to the crowd when they're clapping at the end of a song and I'm like, "Man, like one day I want to do that, you know?" But I got to get out of my this this my own uh, Yeah, like comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. like I got to yeah. get out of this like being me being shy in general. And so in those years back in my church, like when I was uh five until like uh 9 years old. So there was a gap right there of my age in 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 my church where there was no drum sets anymore because <laughs> the drummer left. And so there but my pastor was like, "All right, Take out the drums. We don't. It's taking space. Nobody wants to play. So they look at me. Do you want to play it? Nah, I'm being shy. <laughs> okay, take it off. So I'm like, oh. <laughs> so now from that age five till nine years old, there's no drum set for me to, besides the little kid I had in my house. So, and then I would get in trouble in school because there's no drum set at my at my church anymore. So I'm banging the tables with yeah. the pencil. Danny, stop it. Until nine years old. uh one of my old uh friends which you know he's I still stay in contact with he influenced me to Dennis Chambers okay. he's the one that gave me that VHS back then with him playing on his green pearl kit yeah. sure is that the it. instructional one yeah. or yeah yeah that really really motivated me as well to get back on the drums so by age 9 man um my friend uh it was a weekday service and he brought this pearl export it was a 12 14 16 toms. And oh my like, man, there's a drum set again at church. So he's setting it up with his brother. And then I'm sitting in the first row just looking at the drums like, wow, this is a nice kit, you know, had some really nice A custom uh crashes and I'm just like <laughs> scoping him like this is nice. And he noticed me. He's like, "Hey, you want to play?" And so everything right there hit my mind like This is your chance. This is where you can get out of that comfort zone mm-hmm. and not be shy, but you're going to be rusty. I remember these thoughts in my head. I'll do it. So I hopped on the drums that one day and I'll never forget everyone's eyes were on me because you know I was like that you little little boys playing drums, Man. you know? So um in my mind it was it was my own battle. I was like like don't be shy, just keep playing, just keep playing. Yeah. And then ever since that, that was 1999. Ever since 1999, I I never stopped playing drums. So, ever since then, like I said, when the drums the when the drum sets came back, I officially got back on the drums in 1999. And then ever since that, like, you know, by 15, we had our really strong worship team with a couple of friends from my old church. And then from that worship team, eventually we started only like started 
playing at different events from our denomination. I came yeah. out of Church of God. Right. So right. that's where, <laughs> you know, I met the Vegas as well. Um and in those in those like um in that denomination they had like these uh like events where every church would gather like two, three times a year. And that's how we would always get invited most of the time to lead worship. So those were my experiences of of like getting the feeling of playing with a semi bigger crowd, a congregation that in those events we had like at least 500 to 600 people coming yeah, over. Yeah, it's a decent amount, So man. to me, man, I'll never forget the feeling. Like I am now nervous. Because I'm playing with a bigger crowd and like, man, like, this is pretty nerve-wracking. Yeah. So I'm, I thank God that in those years of me playing in those, uh, we call them conventions and conferences, it helped me out as well to get out of, um, like, not to feel nervous anymore in the kid. Yeah. And also helped my, my like, for talking techniques now, it helped me so much because in the beginning, I was so stiff. At the end of the of the conference, like, why is my forearm like <laughs> so painful right now? But because all that was just like it was to me it was practice. Yeah, and I never th- I never seen it. Don't get me wrong, I never seen it as like you know oh, I'm getting ready to like do bigger stuff. Like no no no, you know I appreciated that present moment. I yeah. always appreciated my surroundings in that day and my connections. It's crazy how like my connections and and networks. Were always was always with pastors in those conferences, and then um, youth camps. And we started playing in youth camps. I remember those uh, too. Winterfest, <laughs> which one of oh, actually back in the days wasn't called Winterfest. It was called um, Fulfill Your Destiny Youth Events that we used to do them at. It's around here. Um, Pinecrest? No, no, um, no. It was a church. It was a church. Oh, church. Um, Oh, Echoes, Echoes of Faith. Echoes of Faith. Yeah. <laughs> so we used to do them there, and I remember that Maple DW kit. <laughs> Dude, that so, kid's still there. Oh, that it kid, is? Yeah. That yeah. was a beautiful kid, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, being there, it'd be like, oh man, I'm going to have a DW kit. But being there was uh, one of my coolest experiences uh, with the worship team. Yeah. And yeah. then after that, just growing growing up, um, by age 19 is when… No, 20, I'm sorry. 20 is when I started traveling. Mm. And it was like meeting some friends from Arizona. I was out, I was in Phoenix for a couple months. I was mm. living out there. And um, there I, I networked with a friend. Until uh, today, we're still good friends. Uh, he's about to get married on Friday. I want to mention oh, nice. him. Danny Cabrera, I think you're, if you hear this, congratulations. Um, <laughs> marriage is awesome, my man. I'm, I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> um, so him, you know, my friend Danny Cabrera, I met him in Phoenix. And he connected me with this worship leader that he was um, touring with. Uh, literally, he was going all the time in the East Coast, New York, um, New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, New Hampshire, all the neighbor states there. Yeah. And so he he um besides like me being good friends, is like, hey man, my band needs a drummer. Would you be down to do it? It's like, oh snap, like I've never ever traveled as a as a as a musician. So to make that short, we start traveling and that's when I got that urge and feeling like I want to keep doing this. I want to keep doing this. I want to um, just uh, keep finding any doors that are open. You know, I want to, I'm just going to leave it in God's hands. And sure enough, um, when um, when those when my three years ended with that with the worship leader, um, things were popping up here and there, um, and it was all just because I was um, traveling with this worship leader. His name is Chris Gonzalez. Okay, 
And so when being with Chris, um, dude, like so many doors have opened. Like at Nam as well, that's where I met a lot of other people. You know, in the first years, I'm sure we can all relate. <laughs> the first year you go to Nam is like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to go. Yeah, like, dude, you had a candy store, bro. <laughs> yeah, and then your third, fourth year, you just go to like um, go watch live shows yeah. and stuff. But then years later on, that's when I started to notice like I should network and I should talk to people. And so in one of those, that's how I met Chuy, Chuy Becerra, mm. who um, is the bass player for Eric. So I met him, but more as like, you know, get to know you, I want like what you do, like I've heard about you. And then um, I mentioned it to him. I was like, dude, if you ever need help on drums, you know, let me know. I'm dumb. I'll be down. And um, months later, he calls me in to like that they needed a drummer as well. So, you know, I come in uh, till today. I think it's now seven years. I'm still playing drums with Eric. Man, that's incredible, dude. Dude, like a lot of people can criticize Eric because musically, like it's something you wouldn't listen in the car. Um, I want to say, I want to label it as like, it's the type of music where our parents would listen, what what they would listen to, you know. And so even though we try to make it, we well, we we have made it sound, uh, we try to make it sound like a newer newer yeah, sound, like more newer modern, tones. More modern. Yeah. Sure, sure. So we have done that and we just recently mm-hmm. recorded a track featuring Jesus Molina. So dude, just him having come in is like it's a total like talking musically, is a totally different, different aspect from what it was like in the past five years. Yeah. You know? But um, like I said about Eric, like um, people can cr- like I've gotten people criticizing me, like, dude, why are you with Eric? Like, man, it's like music is like, music's whack. It's like it's not about that, dude. It's not about that, and you're missing the point. Yeah, it's really about your relationship with that person, and if you know that this person, besides being a good friend, is gonna take care of you, you stick with him. Yeah, like I've I've had this guy, I've had Eric, like I said, for seven years. Has never ever failed on me. Ever. Like even to the point where I got married in my first months, I was broke. I'm like, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay my bills? And I was shy to ask my parents because I know my dad's going to tell me, I told you so. Mm. So for me not to hear that, like Eric's been like a second father figure to me. So I I text him like, dude, like I'm kind of stuck right now, man. I don't know how I'm going to do it for this upcoming rent. Is there a way you can help me right now and I'll pay you back? Yeah, man. How much? How much you need? Like wow. this, this much, and this much. I got you. Here, I'm gonna sell it to you fast. He gave it to me. I paid him back. But things like that, where it's like, yeah. you know, I appreciate <laughs> people like that because at the end, um, they'll be there for you. The the and so he's one of them, and and I really really appreciate his friendship because like every time we're on the road with him. He doesn't want us to pay for anything. Like besides the the flights and all that that's been covered, even when it comes to food um, or even snacks, like little things you want to buy in your own snacks, like, no, 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 I'm going to pay for it. I got mm. you. So I appreciate people like that. Yeah. They look out for you. Yeah. And yeah. when it's outside, outside of the uh, music aspect, like just to hang out, um, I'll never forget. Like we went camping. And he said, I'm paying for the place. You guys enjoy your, your time. You know, I got all this covered already. Like, cool, man. man. Like, you know, it's… And, and it's not about like I'm taking advantage of him. But it's also like we take care of him too. Yeah. So, 
<clears throat> if he's doing that, like let's let's try to do it for him too. And we have done that. So he that's the reason why I really admire and appreciate Eric. It's just his heart is 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 um his heart is all about giving. Man. So do like Yeah, that's good, dude. Yeah. I think loyalty is a scarce term nowadays, man. Because they get tired or it's like, okay, I've been doing this long enough. I've had my good run and now it's on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. You know, it's very, very rare that you find people that stick to and commit to one person or one artist. If you find the balance and you're able to do it and the artist has been good to you, you should commit and you should stay, you know, if they've taken care of you. Now, especially beyond the spectrum of just music and they're actually good friends and they've been there for you in your tough times, man, that speaks volumes. Yeah. You know? You were just talking about right now how marriage is such a great thing. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married for? So we're, uh, I am now two and a half years married. Okay. Uh, I got married in July 14th, 2018. And um, it's… Many people have told us like, man, your first year is going to be tough. Your first year is going to be a little harsh. Um, and I've, I mean, unfortunately, I have like seen and, and witnessed friends and friends relatives that have gone through that one year yeah but i want to say my side like god's been good man Man. god has really really allowed us to grow in a i don't want to say in a cheesy way but in a happy way yeah (laughs) to the point where like every like the times our first year right we traveled here and there and dude like for me to witness her and join it because the reason why i say this is because my wife growing up has only been in church school and and work and that's it. Mm. So those three repetitive circles, that's been her almost like her whole lifetime. And I'm not saying that she was like you know um, stressed out or frustrated. In that like she enjoyed that life. She told me she she would tell me herself like I enjoyed it. Like it, to her for her it's all about family. So, but she's never ever traveled much. Mm. So in um in our first year like when we did a couple uh. uh when we traveled, she's never been to like San Francisco. That was one of our first <laughs> destinations. So like for her, like for me to see her face like, wow, like yeah. looking around, like that makes me happy. That's awesome. That makes me happy. And the fact that I know the city very well already, like let's go here. Let's go to the Gerald Deli Square. Let's just go to the Golden Gate Bridge, the Bay Bridge. And when she, I don't, I'll never forget when we're going through the Golden Gate Bridge, she's just like looking up, like I never thought I was gonna be here. So Man. things like that is just makes me motivated to keep doing this more with her. Did you get the chance? I don't know if since you visit San Francisco, so not a lot of people know this, but I go to San Francisco. Besides last year, I've yeah. gone the last eight years, once yeah. a year during uh, Thanksgiving break. Yeah. I'll go for three, four days the week before Thanksgiving, yeah. right? And I normally go to this place called La Mar Cevicheria. Which is a Peruvian restaurant mm-hmm. on Pier 1.5 or one and a half. Mm-hmm. It's by Embarcadero. Mm-hmm. Have you gotten a chance to visit there? I don't think so. The seafood is fresh. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can get jalea, uh, the ceviche mix. So they provide like four different types of ceviches there. Yeah. It's expensive, but it's well worth it. So if next okay. time you're out there, man, you got to hit that place up. The Lomo is like $40, by the way. Okay. So that's, Wait, what? Yeah. It it's must like be a bomb. Yeah, no, it's really good. It's really good. Okay. But anyway, continue. Once Sorry. we're done with this, I'm up to put in my Yelp account. <laughs> yeah. I'm a Yelper. I tend to put reviews too. Oh, so. you want to, my girlfriend's the same way, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's only one bad review that I left wow. on a restaurant that was close to my old church. Oh. I'll never forget. Like, you want to come and have fun and swat uh, flies away? 
Come to this spot. I forgot the name of the place. But don't even care about the place. But Dude, that's one bad review. Of that's life. funny, man. But you were saying about your wife and you know how happy it makes you to see her rejoice in those moments like that you get to like um, have her be a part of. Yeah, like we we've had our obviously every every marriage will go through its bad times, but um, thank God and I recommend before marriage you take your premarital class because all those lessons that you'll get from um, either a counselor or a pastor whoever deals with you in the premarital yeah. class, whatever the um, suggestions or lessons you get from them they're gonna stick in your head mm. and we'll i'll never forget dude like we had <laughs> my wife and i had this one petty argument about that i know that not all gas stations are the same hers was you're wrong all gas stations are the same because her dad used to work for arco I'm like I hate Arco. I'll never, I'll never. <laughs> That's play like Arco. water, man. That guy, that kind of gas is water, bro. Even the premium one, yeah. And so I said the same thing, <laughs> and she's like, "How can you say that? Like my dad worked there, and he would always see like when they open the containers for the trucks to put. Like, no, 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 no. You can tell by the performance of your engine. We had this big argument of, <laughs> and it got to the point where she's crying. <laughs> so then I like it hit me like right there. I'm like. And I told him, like, why are we crying? Or why are we arguing about a gas station that's not in our control, you know? <laughs> but at the end, I'm right. Let's just say it has <laughs> some gas stations have detergent. Yeah. No, stop it. I'm like, all right, I'll stop. I'll stop. I'll stop. Dude, that's like, so funny. And so um, that was one lesson that um, our our counselor was Tanya Paniawa, which now she's a she has her own um, ministry. Mm-hmm. I can't think. I forgot the name of her ministry, but… Um, she she was our she was our premarital counselor, and I'm, I'll never forget that she said, "When arguments come, talk about it. Don't go to sleep with it, because that's not going to help. Yeah. It's not going to function. You're not going to be able to sleep in peace. You're gonna those uh, that frustrating feeling like, ah, oh, I was yeah. right. You know? Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna keep you awake. Yeah. So do not ever go to sleep um, with uh, with having arguments. You know, just talk about it before before going to sleep. So. Yeah, dude. Like, and it was. It wasn't like we're already going to bed. We're still in the car talking, mm-hmm. arguing about the gas stations. But little things like that. It's just uh, that's why I suggest go yeah. to premarital classes. And um, that's what hit my head. I was like, Nah, let's let me be a big man and and just let's just clear this up. Like until today, like let's not argue about gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> you see, seventy six right there says detergent. Yep. <laughs> But anyways, we we laugh Dude, about it. That's now. so good. We laugh about it, and that's the thing. That's 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 what marriage is about. Yeah. You, you gotta. You, you, there has to be communication. Yeah. If there's no communication, it's it's just gonna be like dull after. Yeah. There's it, and then that's when you start seeing relationships like, and you can see it. Like if you go if you go to a restaurant, let's say you and your girl go to a restaurant, and you have you're gonna you're gonna have um, dinner. Sometimes you start, unfortunately, start seeing this couple on another table. They're just like on their phones their whole time. Mm. They're texting. The phone comes. I'm sorry. The food comes. And they're still texting. And then at the end, once the finally food comes in, they're eating. They're done eating. Back to their phone. I'm like, I told my wife, like, because this happened once. I'm like, I hope we don't turn like that. Because when it comes to the eating at the table, it's about me and you. Mm. We're going to talk. We're going to talk. We're going to like. Like, how is your day at work? Yeah, yeah. Like, how do you see yourself with your coworkers? Uh, having, you know, topics. Huh? Um, because 
what's the point of of being married, but you acting like if you're alone in a table, sitting down and just being on your phone? Like, no, dude. Like, yeah. And in general as well, you know, like, yeah. nah. There has to be. There has to be. Like, you have to do your part. Like her and myself as well. Like, um, we all have to do our parts in into sparking, having fun in in marriage. You know, there will be moments where you're gonna have arguments, but don't let that. Don't ever let that uh, get to you or just talk about it. Yeah. You know, you, you got to talk about it, I meant to say. So, but yeah, man, that's… Yeah. That's good, dude. Yeah. How about faith, bro? I know you grew up in church and yeah. I know faith is a part of our lives in such a big way. But how pivotal has that been for you in the most difficult moments of your life? The times that you face tremendous adversity, mm-hmm. be with family, with friends, you know, just situations we go through as human beings. Mm-hmm. How important has that been to you? Oh, very, very important, man. Like, I think we can, a lot of us can relate or say stories about having faith, especially in 2020. Mm. Um, dude, like my my goal, like I mentioned, like I shared to you earlier today about the years of me as a musician. Um, one of my goals later on was to have a studio. I've always wanted to have a studio. Yeah. And so fast forward, um, before getting married, those thoughts were coming in my head. Like, all right, I'm going to have my own place. I don't want to live with my parents. I want to have my own place with me and my wife. Um, we're going to start with an apartment. And our goal is to have a house, right? It still is. So, you know, I want to um, I'm gonna have all this. But then that means I might have to sacrifice on not having what I want as a studio, gear, here, there. And I'm thinking as like… As someone that just wants to spend and spend and yeah. spend on things that they want, but don't think smart as like not everything has to be paying retail. So back to what I was trying to tell you is, is that um, um, once I got married, like I started noticing my bills, and then finally I got settled. I'm like, all right, I th- I'm getting the hang of this now. I'm getting the hang of this. 2020 hits, and then. We're all stuck at home. Like, how am I going to do it? All right, thank the Lord. And like, EDD came in, but like, this is not going to do it as much. So I put, I practiced faith there, man. And and I'm I'm not going to say like I never did. I've, I've always believed in faith, you know? But 2020 to me, like, faith hmm. has been put into practice. Yeah. Like, and, and here's how it went. Like, I had a, now I have a studio in wow. 2020. I got a studio, worked along with my friend um, Gil, um, Gilbert, and finally when I when I bring in all my gear, I'm like, man, I never thought this was gonna happen. And I'm not working. Mm-hmm. I'm not working. We can't work. We can't. We can't fly anywhere. We can't. Uh, we can't do all these things that I do with the company. Um, so I'm like, man, like how did this happen? Like, and. Practically, it was just, you know, having faith and like, you know what? God's going to have our backs. If he watches over the sparrow, he'll be watching over hmm, us. That's dude. good, dude. So, man, yeah. like faith, I put it into practice that year. And till today, dude, like now I'm kind of getting back to work. But in 2020 as well, like like I mentioned, I know I wasn't working, but I was still doing side gigs. Yeah. I was helping out other churches yeah. getting their live stream started. Uh, so a lot of them didn't know what to do. Like, how do I present this on my Facebook or Facebook page? And so I, that's how that's how work came in for me. So besides EDD, like I was helping out different churches, and then my my desires that I've always wanted 
has been accomplished with mm-hmm. having the studio. So now I can finally record. I'm yeah. like, great. But I can also take care of now, you know, be home. So I'll be looking out for my wife as well. And so back to, you know, like I said, faith, man, like if you don't, if you don't put it into practice, it's like, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, God, God tells us himself, like if you, if you have the faith in the, in the size of a mustard seed, like that's pretty much all you need. All you need. Yeah. yeah. So that's good. But you know, I know we can do more than a mustard seed. It's just like, each of us went through a level in 2020 of, of like, okay, what am I going to do? Like, these bills are not going to stop. So, everyone has their own stories. But yeah. my story has is about like, practicing faith has been like, you know, God providing me all these desires. But it's just, you know, putting faith into practice. Yeah, So that's good, man. Where can people find you, man? Social media. I know that you're pretty active on there. Yeah. Uh, you post some funny stuff, dude. <laughs> your stories. Oh, I always look forward to your stories, dude, because it's either bringing up memories of like the Spanish church or like church fails. Like it's always so good. So where can oh, people find man. you? So on on <laughs> I'm I'm more active on on Instagram. Um, you can find me as Danny D zero K, which is Doc. Um, on Instagram, on uh, the same name should be for TikTok. I'm. Getting into, getting into I'm TikTok? getting into TikTok. Yeah. I got dude. I went viral on TikTok. You did. I went viral for one video. I did a video about my wife. Um, once you get married, you'll know this. <laughs> Was Women, it the one where you were vacuuming? Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, so for those that have never seen it, it's practically about my. You know, our wives tend to drop a lot of hair on the carpet. So, you know, I'm the clean guy at home. So, I tend when I when uh well. I passed the vacuum and the vacuum was not sucking in trash anymore. I was like, what the heck is going on? Like, I'm still seeing that little trash on the carpet and it wasn't sucking in. It's like, all right, let me check this out. And I'm a handyman too. So, and I lifted up that rolling brush on the vacuum was full of all the hair that comes from her scalp, <laughs> dude. So, I I just recorded, but not intending to like make a TikTok video. I'm like, I'm probably going to like put this on my story in the, but it got to the point where I just ended up editing that video and it got to like almost a hundred thousand views oh. right now. So it's now <laughs> 96.k likes. And um I lost count as well how many likes I have in total of that man. account. But just her. And then she, every time uh, every time like she's brushing their hair, I'm like, make sure you pick it up. And it's like, nope, that's what made you viral. Thank you're welcome. I'm like, oh, <laughs> If that's what worked, you got to keep doing yeah. uh, Wife Chronicles or something yeah. like that, man. That's funny. It, it's just hard when you have to like edit every other time. Sure, sure, so sure. So that's why I tend to stick right now most of the time with um, posting on my stories. Yeah, it's just 15-second yeah. clips. Yeah. But, you know, my Instagram page is like… You'll find some music content, but the most 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 of the content on my Instagram is just… Like comedy My stories yeah. is comedy yeah. stuff. Could be church comedy. Could be outside yeah. comedy. Could be sports comedy. Right. Or sports in general. I'm a sports fan. and But most of the time, I love to post memes. Like, in general, I like to laugh with people. Yeah. I'm all about just having good times with friends and laugh yeah, and jokes. Yeah, that's great. Without without passing that boundary of being, you know, um, uh, like disrespectful. Disrespectful. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You have a YouTube channel. Uh, so my YouTube channel, I don't really post much, but there I have I have some like I have some videos there of of uh, playing on the drums. 
It's uh, I think it's YouTube. Just search my name. Dang, I don't remember that one. I think it's DRH eight one eight. If not, I'll also include it in the yeah. description below for yeah. people. I'll look it up and, and find it on there. But and then Facebook as well, Danny yeah. Herrera. All right. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is episode 42 of Sir Kevin Says with Danny Herrera. Thank you guys for watching. See you guys on the next one.